From VT Digger, I'm Mike Doherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, a University of Vermont basketball game in early March now appears to have been a major spreading event, with at least 54 people reporting COVID-19 symptoms after attending. 20 of those people tested positive, and three of them died. Here's what we've learned after weeks of tracking the spread. Hi, is this Ray? Yes, it is. Hi, Ray. It's Mike Doherty from VT Digger. How are you? I'm, I'm here, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. This is Ray Rappold. Back in April, I talked to Ray to learn more about her husband, Mike, who was one of the first Vermonters to die of COVID-19. He and Ray had been married for 29 years. He just was so kind and, and compassionate. And uh, <laughs> he wanted to always take care of me. Ray and Mike both had kids from previous marriages. She said the family spent a lot of their time on athletics. I mean, my kids were involved in sports, big into basketball, you know, tennis. Tennis and basketball were their biggest sports, but they played other things too. So we were constantly on the go. His boys were older, but they still played town team ball and whatever. So we were constantly on the go with sporting events. Ray told me all about what a caring husband and dad Mike was. But late in our conversation, she said something that stuck out. What was Mike's favorite thing to do? Like, what what was, you know, if he had total freedom, total free time, what, what would he do with it? If he had total free time, just just everyday life? Yeah. Um, he loved the golf. Um, and um, we attended, uh, seeing the boys were up and grown and not playing basketball anymore themselves. We took up UVM. Uh, became season ticket holders there. And unfortunately, Mike, I think that's where we all contracted it. But that's my <laughs> that's my thought on it. Really? Um, that, were you at the game, that latest game that they, they had there? Yep, we sure were. And Bernie Jeskowitz, who was our neighbor, sat in the row right behind us. And <laughs> Bernie Jeskowitz was a former state representative who also died of COVID-19. It's so sad to think that doing something we absolutely loved is where we contracted it, but I am really convinced that's where we got it. Wow. About 3,200 people attended the March 10th game at UVM's Patrick Gym. The Catamounts beat the UMBC Retrievers, 81-74. to It's amazing. So we're back in the championship game here at Patrick Gym. Um, it's going to be an exciting day on Saturday. And- Their next game was scheduled for Saturday, March 14th. But by then, the rest of the season had been canceled. That morning that the final game was supposed to take place, we loved to have breakfast on the weekends. And I said, well, what do you want for breakfast? He says, I'm not really hungry. And I said, neither am I. And I said, do you feel okay? And he says, well, you know, I've got, kind of got this prickly feeling in my skin. And I kind of had that too. And I, I almost thought that I had a recurrence of shingles, which I had had once before with that tingling down my back and he was describing something similar but he was pointing to his arms and I said do you think we're sick or do you think we're depressed and he said I think we're depressed (laughs) and we came out to the kitchen table forced ourselves to eat something and at 11 o'clock when the game was supposed to start my Facebook started beeping and they had posted a thing on the UVN site it was a hype up that was supposed to be 
you know, to hype the team up uh, spirit-wise and, and whatever, to get them ramped up to go at 11 o'clock. Our chance to dance is here. One more game to finish the job. So instead, they played the same thing but said, this is what should have been. And Oh, God, it was heart-wrenching, just heart-wrenching. Just to be clear, Ray means this was heart-wrenching because she and Mike were really psyched about this game. Yeah, we had a passion for watching basketball. But over the next few days, Mike's symptoms escalated. He had a chronic respiratory condition already. He died at the UVM Medical Center 10 days later. Since we started reporting on this game, dozens of people have come forward to say they also had symptoms after attending. Our reporter Katie Chickling has been talking to them. Early on, we started to notice that a few of the different cases and obituaries and anecdotes about COVID-19 were from people who were basketball fans or who had attended the UVM game on March 10th. And one of our editors, Jim Welch, is a season ticket holder and uh, was keeping his eye out for those anecdotes. And they just kept popping up. And so we we found cases in other news stories, in obituaries, and in just personal anecdotes of people who were feeling sick. And we just started reaching out to them. And as we started to have those conversations, more and more people came up who had been to the game and later had symptoms of the virus. How many people are we now talking about? VT Digger has reached out to, contacted, and confirmed with 54 people who have said they had COVID-19 symptoms after the UVM basketball game. 20 of that total tested positive for the virus. But it may be even higher. We circulated a survey about whether people had been to the game and later fallen sick, and there were 47 more people in addition to that 54 who had COVID-related symptoms, but we were unable to reach those individuals to confirm their responses. So if all of those were accurate, it could be over 100. Wow. And the reason some of those are not confirmed cases necessarily is because we're talking about a time pretty early on when accessibility to testing was not as high as it is now. Yes. On March 10th, when UVM was playing the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, there was just one presumed positive COVID-19 case in Vermont. And that was a man who was sick in southern Vermont. So at that time, nothing had been closed There were really no questions about whether to hold the basketball game at all. No one was wearing masks, of course, at that time. We hadn't even heard of social distancing, and Governor Phil Scott wouldn't impose his stay-home-stay-safe order for another two weeks. So it feels like another world, but really that was pre-COVID, at least um, from what we had been told. Right. I remember going to a press conference probably just days before then that was one of the first events from the Vermont Department of Health where COVID was even discussed. And I do remember that Mark Levine, the health commissioner, had mentioned this possibility of closing large gatherings and characterized it as something that may happen way down the line. We are continuing our monitoring to identify cases and planning for community-wide strategies to slow disease transmission. 
These could include social distancing, also called non-pharmaceutical interventions, to limit where and when people come together, such as teleworking, restricting mass gatherings, closing public facilities, and the like. There's no need to exercise any of these options at this time. I remember that announcement being kind of striking when it happened, but it does seem like in the context of this game on March 10th that that still felt like it was coming a ways off. Exactly. And at that point, as you know, very few tests were available. And there were shortages around the country. Hmm. People who were eligible uh, were only those who had traveled to countries like China and Iran and Italy who were experiencing outbreaks at the time. But no one else was really eligible. And so when we say confirmed and, and talk about people who knew whether they had the virus after the game, many of those tried to get tests and were not able to. In addition to that, when we talk about a confirmed case for this survey, we had also gotten responses from people and then also reached out again to make sure that those responses were accurate. And so when we say 54, that was the number where we could reach out and contact them and confirm that what they told us was indeed true. Got it. These people that you've talked to that have either reached out to us or that you've been able to track down, what do they remember about this game? You know, when they look back on it now, knowing what we know, what things have stuck out to them? They remember coming to the game and just being really excited to be there. They were Hmm. excited because UVM had a really good season and they were coming into the playoffs strong. Catamount country. Welcome to March. They had just defeated the University of Maine a few days before, and a lot of the people who attended the March 10th game were season ticket holders and had been there on March 7th as well. Some of them thought about COVID, some of them didn't. At that point, UVM was doing some extra cleaning of the locker rooms and bathrooms and that kind of thing and putting out hand sanitizing stations and saying, try not to high five your neighbors, that kind of guidance. But for the most part, other people just had no qualms at all. There was one woman I spoke with who said the woman in front of her kept turning around and high fiving her after every major point. And and she felt a little uncomfortable, but it wasn't something that she really thought about until she got sick and, and thought that maybe it, it could have been COVID. People described exactly what you'd think of for a playoff basketball game. People are crowded shoulder to shoulder. They're yelling for the home team and they're all decked out in their UVM garb and They're doing the things you do at college basketball games. That is, sharing pizza and the raffles and all that sort of communal gathering and sports traditions that really are not advisable in a COVID era. ULBC giving everything they can, but for the fourth year in a row, the Catamounts have the opportunity to host the America East Championship. The March 10th game we're talking about here was the last game that the UVM team held. Um, Within a couple days, the America East Conference and UVM canceled the rest of the season and NCAA also canceled the tournament as well. And around that time was when Commissioner 
Mark Levine started banning larger gatherings and we really started becoming aware of more cases around that time and, and realizing that cases were starting to arrive in Vermont. And the reality was, it seems now, that COVID had been here all along. The governor's provided you with a lot of information about what in public health terms we call social distancing. Social distancing measures include these cancellations of mass gatherings, adjustments to the way we work. We all know how disruptive these things can be for, from our normal day-to-day -day life. It was that Friday when everyone started working at home and really our, our lives changed just like that. We canceled all sorts of events and schools closed the next week. So really when we think about it, the March 10th UVM game was the last major big event perhaps in Vermont. At that game, Patrick Jim was filled to capacity with 3,200 people. It was really the last hurrah, so to speak, in terms of being out together and uh, going to things like a sports game, which it now looks like won't happen for quite a while. It's striking too, looking at what you found out from the people you've talked to about where they were sitting at the game, that so many of these people who later showed symptoms are clustered together in the stands. Yeah, that was one of the things that was notable to us as well, that many of the people who fell sick later were in two sections specifically, section four and section six, which are right next to each other on one side of the gym. It was in section four where the three people who later died of COVID were all sitting as well as the nearby section, section six, where we've had reports of several people who were hospitalized and just got really severe symptoms. That seems to point even more to the fact that the game was a spreading event because people near each other were more likely to get sick. I'm curious when you talk to the institutions that are involved here, like UVM and the State Department of Health, what do they say about this game? Originally, uh, the University of Vermont staff and, and spokespeople said that they had no evidence of any cases, and they said they were doing what they could given the information that they had at the time. They said they were following all of the guidance from the State Department of Health and that no other events or games had been canceled at, at that time. And that's all true. The State Department of Health said up until last week that they did not believe it was a spreading event. They had not traced any cases to the game itself, and they had no evidence to think that this event had been a place where people had contracted COVID. Since then, Commissioner Mark Levine has walked that back a little and said, yes, well, it looks like there were indeed cases, people who got the virus at this game. But even if the Department of Health had known about it, there was likely little they could have done to stop it. It's a great illustration of how um, we knew literally so little. I didn't want to say nothing, but we knew it was literally so little right. about this virus when yeah. it first appeared. And what we know now, even when we still don't think we know enough, mm -hmm. um, and where the gaps were. The commissioner was saying that 
even if they had identified that game as a potential uh, source of the virus, they wouldn't have been able to test everybody because they just didn't have enough tests. And so they would have had trouble identifying the scope of the spread if they had noticed it back then. The country at that point in time, and I've said this many times, didn't have the opportunity to practice containment, the box it in business. That's always the primary mode of uh, dealing with a viral infection in the population. It had to go straight to the mitigation strategies with social distancing and eventually masking and, you know, mass gatherings and all of that. And so that's where things started. You know, within that week, uh, the state was doing like all of those things. And pretty soon the schools were closed and restaurants were closed and everything else. Uh, it was very, very fast. Has Levine at all in any of these conversations entertained the idea that they could have canceled events sooner? Like, I mean, it's just like, given what you found, it seems like if they had picked this out as a potential spreading event before it happened and said, you can't do this to UVM, that it really would have had a major impact on the curve early on, right? I think you can make that argument that if this game had been canceled, we may not have seen nearly as many people affected in Vermont. People come from all over the state and all over the county to see these games. And we know that three of the people who attended later died of the virus. And that is really significant. Mark Levine talks about the way in which we just didn't know much about the virus at this time. All of the exposures in the country at that point in time were believed to be from people who traveled to China or otherwise international travel. So those were the key risk factors everyone was asking about. No one was yet uh, believing or thinking that there was community transmission in terms of how the virus was spreading. And certainly at the time of the basketball game exposure, we were not aware of community transmission because all we knew is we had one case in the whole state. We didn't know how it could be spread. We didn't know about asymptomatic carriers. Commissioner Levine just says that we really just didn't have enough knowledge about the virus to have realistically been able to make that decision at that point. I wonder what do we learn from all this, given what you found what does this tell us about how the virus works, how the virus spreads in a way that might be useful to us going forward? I think understanding the virus and its spread at this UVM game indicates to us that the virus was in Vermont much earlier than we thought. And I think we should perhaps be going back even further if we want to understand the spread of COVID-19 in Vermont to when exactly it did come here and and how it might have led to the 55 deaths that we did see. Even just from a um, public health standpoint and learning how to identify these things early on in the future. But I think much of what we've learned about the virus since the game just confirms the approach that the Vermont Department of Health has taken. It highlights the danger of really big events because this virus spread very widely uh, as a result of this one gathering. 
I think it also just identifies the need for contact tracing and for really looking at who who got it and when as a way to help provide people with the information they need. One thing that I've realized talking to people is they really just want to know whether they had it. And it's helpful for them to know um, if they can go back to work or if they should be worried about infecting their grandchildren. A lot of people say, I think I had it, but I'm not sure. And so I don't know whether I should buy season tickets for next year, that kind of thing. These people that you've talked to, how do they feel about this? I mean, they have this team that they've been intensely loyal to, but like you said, have also had this one event cause such disruptions for them. What kind of mood are these people in right now? Well, a lot of them were pretty relieved to talk to me and to hear that other people had also contracted the virus at this game. Because Hmm. like I said, it gives them this assurance just to know where they likely got the virus and to know that they weren't alone in that. Overall, people aren't angry. People aren't frustrated at UVM, and they don't think that the university or the American East Conference could do anything differently. Hmm. They sort of see this as a deeply tragic event, but a reality of a virus that we really still don't know a lot about, but really didn't know much at all about several months ago. They are just... um, I think throughout the course of this, just taking it one day at a time and accepting what we do know and acknowledging how much we don't know about what happened and why. Got it. Thanks, Katie, for your time. Thanks, Mike. You can find all of our reporting on the spread of COVID-19 at the UVM basketball playoffs by Katie Jickling and Aaron Patenko at vtdigger.org. And find all of our COVID-19 coverage at vtdigger.org slash coronavirus. While you're there, visit our Remembrances page to learn more about Mike Rappold, Bernie Juskowitz, and Dave Reisig, the three men who died after attending the March 10th game. We're grateful to Ray Rappold and others who shared their memories with us. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger Newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We used music this week by Blue Dot Sessions and Lee Rosevere. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger Newsroom. Have a nice weekend. 